and this is Sports Social Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. I got Miss Naomi Gray in the building as well. You know it's a Monday, so Naomi is definitely here. Yes, sir. And uh, we had a pretty <laughs> interesting weekend of uh, stuff going on. Some stuff where, you know, how can I say? I'm not going to say anticlimactic because it's some people still cared about the Belmont, right? Belmont Stakes. I think some people forgot. A lot of people <laughs> forgot because there's no triple crowd. There's no real favorites. It wasn't really excitement going into it. But uh, somebody won some money. I don't know who, but it wasn't me. Just putting that out there. So we had that going on. Uh, NHL. The NHL playoffs have come to an end. We have a champion. It is the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know you were picking them the whole time, right? You, you had yes. them over the Sharks the whole time. Absolutely. So they are now the uh, New Stanley Cup champions. And uh, another another, another cup for uh, Mr. Sidney Crosby. I think they won the last one back in 2009 on the same exact date. Oh, really? Which is very interesting. Yeah, on wow. June 12th, they won in 2009. So That's amazing. So pretty interesting stuff with that. Um, Going to definitely talk about that. Uh, as well as, you know, we had uh, some sad news. The passing of Gordy Howe probably... You know, obviously the nickname Mr. Hockey. They don't just give that nickname just anybody. Mr. Hockey. The guy played basically forever. Um, was effective every year he played. Over 20 times an all-star. Quite possibly, you know, everybody compares him or Wayne Gretzky. Quite possibly the greatest hockey player to ever play. He passed away at the age of 88. And, uh, you know, we just... You have to acknowledge when you get another legend pass. It's been a weird year in terms of legends, not just in sports, but just in life. You know, obviously musicians, we talk about Prince passing. You know? A weird couple of months at that, not even a yeah. year, you know. It's been so frequent. It's been, it's been odd. I, I even go back to New Year's Day, uh, Natalie Cole passing away. Yeah. You know? like, I go back to that. I think a lot of people forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. But, um, Absolutely. It's been a lot. It's been a very interesting year. But uh, in terms of Gordy Howe and his importance, I'm going to get to that a little bit later, as well as play um, a couple of clips from some from some of the players that played against him or played with him, just so you can get an understanding of who he was. And I know a lot, not a lot of people here that listen to this show um, may not be big hockey fans. I get that. So it's, it's a learning experience for some people, you know, mm-hmm. not only with the Penguins winning the cup, but also with the legendary Gordy Howe passing. Because uh, I can tell you, like it really rocked the, the the whole hockey world. It wasn't it just a uh, just a little thing, you know. And uh, they're still going to keep you know celebrating his life throughout the summer as well into next year. There's a lot of plans with that. Uh, also, I don't know if you heard about this this thing called the NBA Finals, right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, right? Just a couple times. I, think I heard a little bit about it. I've heard some things in regards to uh, this certain player named Draymond Green. Uh, you know, he's a pretty good guy. He got into a little scuffle mm-hmm. with this guy named LeBron James. And everybody thought it was just, you know, okay, they had their moment. It's done. It's over with. Well, it's, it just so happens that LeBron James and the Cavaliers were not too happy with the way it went down. And they felt like the NBA should really investigate it a little bit more. The NBA did their investigations. And now Draymond Green is suspended for tonight's Game 5. So this always raises a billion different questions and thoughts. Why wasn't he suspended, you know, uh, a series earlier? Right. Is the NBA just protecting LeBron? 
Or does the NBA just want to see a longer series? They want to give the Cavaliers a better chance. These are all, like, uh, I guess, rational thoughts, right? Because that's what you've been hearing a lot of. Now, in regards to Draymond Green, uh, we've heard that he's had some accommodations set up for him and mm. able to watch. Because, you know, when you're suspended, you're not allowed to be in the arena. It's crazy. Because you're going to risk a $140,000 fine. Just step foot in the, in the arena is a $140,000 fine. Insane. That's, let's you know what type of money these guys are making, you know? Right, exactly. So it's going to be, it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of uh, drama now being built up into tonight's game because you got the players tweeting out and saying how they feel about it. Even the players' wives, Miss Aisha Curry, mm-hmm. not only is she defending, you know, obviously Draymond's actions, but she's clapping back at, at Twitter <laughs> trolls. It's it's unbelievable what's right. going on right now. So it's definitely a lot in regards to that. We'll talk about that subject. Also, for um, all you sneakerheads out there, Steph Curry came out with a, a brand new, you know, brand new sneaker. It's by Under Armour. What do they, what do they call the Steph Curry twos? Is that the that's the official name? Steph Curry twos. I believe it's something that it's that. Okay, well, <laughs> apparently to him they're straight fire. So <laughs> to the, the rest, straight fires, the straight fires, yeah. But to the rest of the world, they're uh, uh, garbage, garbage, <laughs> El garbage. It is. It's terrible. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, you know, I, I'm gonna really think about this in terms of Steph Curry and try to break down his thoughts in regards to this because he's got to sign off on these, right? It isn't just. It isn't like, oh wow, they made these and I'm just gonna go with it. Exactly. Exactly. That means he has a pretty bad style, you know. But I mean, when has he ever been known for style? So this is true. He's actually said this plenty of times that the thing that he worries most about is what to wear to the arena. Because I feel like he's a hoodie or just come in in like sweatpants type of guy, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not like how Russell Westbrook comes out with like a fashion show, right? You got Dwayne Wade coming out with leather, you know, tight pants for no reason, and uh, you know, I I just don't know what he's wearing. <laughs> Kevin Durant dressed up like he's a schoolboy. It's just you get a, you get a, a variety of things from the NBA fashion standpoint to the point that there's actually an NBA fashion like person, like there's an NBA fashion expert. Yeah, that's a, that's a position. That's like up there with um uh, with Eli Apple's mom getting a, a position at ESPN. <laughs> that these are these are real things now. Exactly. What they wear on and I mean before they get on the court. When they're at press conferences and stuff like that, has become a viable position now in the world of sports. Absolutely. I don't. I'm just. I don't know. We'll, we'll definitely touch on the fashion that is sports right now because there is, I guess, a lot of it. You could call it that, or lack of. But um, stylists are getting a lot of work nowadays. You got that situation. Um, in baseball, obviously the Yankees and Mets have their uh, their troubles right now. The Mets manager, Terry Collins, was hospitalized uh, yesterday before the game. And uh, he, was t- had, he was asked to stay overnight. I have to check in to see what the update is on him. But uh, they haven't disclosed the reasons for why he's been hospitalized. But that's a big deal. Yeah. So he still played the game without him. Um, you know, we'll definitely check in on Terry Collins' situation. Then you got the Yankees, who uh, dropped the last two to the Tigers. I was actually at the game on Saturday. Beautiful night in the Bronx. Beautiful night. Yankees, for some reason, just couldn't figure out Justin Verlander. 
and Justin Verlander, for all those people that do follow baseball, to know that Justin Verlander is one of the best pitchers I've seen in the last 10 years. He's been struggling probably the last year and a half with injuries, etc. You know, breaking up with Kate Upton and getting back with her. Mm. He had a lot of stuff on his mind. That's why I was blaming her at one point. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, I know you guys, you've heard this story before. <laughs> but now he's back on point, and he shut the Yankees down just the whole night. The guy was was amazing. Um, I actually put a video up on my Instagram of him striking out Alex Rodriguez like it was nothing. He just seriously, like, he had A Rod looking really bad at that at bat. But the news is with the Yankees, they are getting a new first baseman because they have four first basemen that are on the dis- um, on the DL right now, which is ridiculous. Four first basemen are out. That's crazy. So they're going to sign, um, who's actually was in the minor leagues with the Oakland Athletics, uh, Ike Davis. Now, for all you New York fans out there, Ike Davis was the heralded draft pick of the New York Mets a couple of years ago. They went and got rid of him because they said, this guy is a bust. He's not good. Yankees are going to take a chance on him because they're desperate. Wow. So they're going to sign him. He uh, hit 35 home runs one year. And then from there on, just couldn't hit anything else. Sheesh. So they're hoping they could get lightning in a bottle and he could, you know, live up to the, the praise that he had coming into the league. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a second chance for him. And I, I just find it funny that a second chance that you go back to New York where they barbecued him in the media. Well, like they, New York media is one of the toughest. Oh, yeah. He got destroyed. I remember when he, they first got him, the Mets first got him, you used to see in the back pages, was uh, We Like Ike. That was the big thing, you know, they was playing off of that. And then by, I'd say about two or three years later, it's like, can we get this guy the heck out of here? Yeah. You know, they definitely did. They traded him away. And his career has been up and down since. He's still fairly young. I believe he's still under 30 years old, but he's going to get a second chance here or a third chance with the Yankees right now. To see if anything happens, but uh, if he had problems with you know with the Mets fans, Yankees fans, a whole another level, you know. So we're used to winning, we're right. used to winning. So he's got to be ready to play. That's mm-hmm. that's just go without saying. Also, yesterday was the 70th Old Timers Day. Now, you ever heard of Old Timers Day before at Yankee Stadium? Yes, I've heard of it. Now, Hideki Matsui made his first Old Timers game debut. You know, obviously former Yankee played. About seven or eight seasons for them. Godzilla is a nickname. <laughs> he got served a uh, a pitch from uh, David Cohen, another legendary Yankee in the game. And he sent this thing basically to the upper deck. Oh, man. So it, it was such a... Like, let's let's be fair. It's it's an old-timers game. Right. You know, so we're not going to say, like, David Cohen was throwing 90 miles per hour, right? Probably threw 60 at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, but uh, still, and Thank You hit that thing as if it was the World Series. <laughs> that ball still hasn't dropped. It, they said it's the longest home run in the 70 years of the game. <laughs> I mean, yikes. The guy still works out, apparently. Because right. every, every other play, like, they showed Bernie Williams. They showed, uh, like I said, you know, David Cohn. Everybody's out of shape. Everybody's, yeah. you know, they, they're older now. Let they're like, go. They let themselves go. Reggie Jackson, 70 years old, looks 70 years old. You know. But Hideki Matsui came in there, still body rips. Like, he still works out every single day. Didn't, like, break a sweat once. Was catching fly balls like it's nothing. And he hits a rocket. I mean, this ball was just crushed. So, uh, it, it was funny to me. It's Hideki Matsui, man, still around. Uh, I'll play that a little bit later towards the end of the show. And as always, you know, we're going to take your calls. 516-900-2278. 
but before I go to break, I gotta ask that right now. I have to ask you. Okay. Because okay. you had a weekend. Yes. Beautiful, you know, weekend and everything. First, the summer. The summer hasn't officially kicked off yet, has it? Not officially. What's There's the official day? The 21st. So we have about eight more days. Eight more days. Beautiful weather out, right? There's something that has been bothering me, and I, and I have to bring it up to you or somebody oh, else in general. Okay. When you go to, like, the parks and stuff, you see people playing basketball. You could tell this is their first time actually going outside in a while. Because you got guys running around as far out of shape as possible. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about it's just pieces of them over here, pieces over there. <laughs> it's just it, it, they have the nerve to play shirts and skins. <laughs> now, I have to ask you because you're, you're walking around New York City and you see this. It's a hot day. And it isn't even like, you know, when you see the commercials, a bunch of guys, like, you know, playing shirts to get the guys all built and stuff like that. Right. These guys are just look like they just finished from, from, you know, driving a bus. And they are just, <laughs> they said, it's warm outside. We're going out there. We're reliving our childhood. What is the first things I run in the head? I, I just need to know. What's because I already know what I'm thinking. Stuff like that actually doesn't bother me. It actually brings joy to me to see that people, you know, I'm sensitive when it comes to whole like body image stuff. So okay. I can go okay. I can go years talking about it. But you know, if they're comfortable and they're having fun, I give them props for getting out there. You know what I mean? I'm I give them props <laughs> for getting out there, but I just feel like don't play skins. Just get different colors, get red. Yeah, and blue. yeah. <laughs> it's just like So it could be easier on the eye for some people, I guess. Yeah. I mean just for them too. Right. Because <laughs> think about I I play basketball against guys like this and I'm I'm you know, I'm not straight. I'm not the most fit guy in the world. I get that, you know. But when you got a guy sweating all over you and he's backing you down, like what do you do? That's not that's not fair. <laughs> Like, I'm going to be playing this summer, and it's like, that's not the first thing I want to be able to right. do. Right. If it's a guy backing me down, and he has perspiration all over me, I, you know, from the after just one play, I feel like I need to towel off, and it ain't even yeah. my sweat. That's a, you don't understand, that's a problem. Oh, man, my cheeks are hurting it's a, me. It's a problem. It's really a problem. I don't know how to how to really address it without sounding wrong here, but. I, I feel you. I, I do feel you. Okay, because that's, that's, that's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> just Just help me out here, you know? Help me help you. Let's, let's just make things happen. But um, once again, give you the number, 516-900-2278. If you have any thoughts on what we're talking about, we're going to be talking on um, some NHL in a couple minutes and um, just recap the uh, the big win from the Pittsburgh. I'm about to say the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers. Steelers. <laughs> I was, I was I'm sorry, Penguins fans, all right? <laughs> we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins' big win. So we'll be right back to Sports Social at Easton here on Southcast FM.
in the past, but not this year. Classic a shot. Knocked down in front, picked up by Crosby, lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. They are mobbing Matt Murray. He keeled over from the attack. The extras that have been a part of the practices come leaping out onto the ice, enjoying all of the celebrating around the net. There are only six members of this team that had ever won the Stanley Cup before. It is so new to the rest. Out of the playoffs on December the 12th, the hottest team in the NHL from around Christmas time to the end, including this. But the chant of the home crowd is for their team. They are proud. Back Sports Social with Eddie's to here on Southcast FM. And you just heard a little bit of uh, Doc Emmerich's call of the final seconds for the Pittsburgh Penguins clinching the Stanley Cup championship against the San Jose Sharks in San Jose. And I just thought it was funny that uh, Doc Emmerich, you know, he's the uh, announcer. He has the nerve. He called, he called the rest of the players that ran onto the ice extras. <laughs> the extras have joined into the celebration <laughs> like, you cannot say that. When I think of extras, I think about the people who are walking in the background of movies. Like, you know what I mean? These are, these are they're members of the team. Obviously, they didn't put in as much work to get the, you know, championship title. But cannot be calling those type of people extras. Yeah, extras. That's not right. They are extras, apparently. So it's <laughs> uh, just wow. You know, uh, it, like I said, a, a great win nonetheless by Pittsburgh. Four games to two, picking up the win. Um First title, I believe, since 09. So thinking about this team, and um, and I'm a Rangers fan, so it's kind of hard for me to say congratulations to the Pittsburgh Penguins since they didn't knock the Rangers out. <laughs> but, uh, they, you know, they won. They won it fair. They they have Sidney Crosby, who's back to form. And this was the guy that missed uh, a better part of, like, over 100 games over the last two years. Well, i say for a two-year span because of concussions. Wow. There's a good chance a lot of people say he wasn't going to get back to form and get back to being a, a dominant player again. And uh, he definitely found a way to fight through the concussions, get back on the ice, and just it just win games. Like, that's really what, what matters. I mean, the guy the guy's a beast. The guy's definitely a beast. Uh, I give him a lot of credit for that. Now, looking at what San Jose did, because this team had never been there, never been to the show. They make it there. The fans, as you heard from the clip, just were very supportive yeah. of the effort, and uh, they kept chanting the team's name. And you gotta love that. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta love the dedication that they still get from their fan base. Absolutely. Because let's be honest, it's not an easy thing to get to the Stanley Cup Finals, let alone win it. So for them to finally do it and uh, get to the get to the actual game was uh, a huge huge step for their franchise and what they're trying to do in the future. Um, you know, you think of the guys like uh, I know Burns on their team. He, he, if you ever watch the game, he's a guy with a huge beard with no teeth. The guy <laughs> barely has. He, I think he has like one or two teeth in his whole mouth, and he is um, one of the better players in the NHL. And he, he definitely had this team turning around and and take out some big names. I mean, he took out the LA Kings, so a lot of people believe were 
going to be in their spot. Mm-hmm. The LA Kings were a favorite out in the West, but uh, to be able to take them out and just really get to the finals was, like I said, a huge, huge time for them. But uh, back to the Pittsburgh Penguins, picking up this win, considering the fact that they had, I remember last year against the New York Rangers in the first round, had three games to one lead, fell apart and lost that series to the Rangers. Crazy. Now, I enjoyed it. <laughs> of course. But you got to think about for a team like Pittsburgh to, to fall apart the way they did. I, I believe it was two years ago, not a year ago. What, you know, your mindset is how do you get back? And a lot of the same characters from that year are back with this team. And they were able to pull it together, pick up the win, and now they're Stanley Cup champs. And you actually mentioned, because you saw the Stanley Cup trophy. Yeah. You said that it's just it's beautiful, it's, it's nice, and stuff like that. You feel like other leagues should have adopted that whole like you know huge trophy with all the names on it and everything. Is that um, not necessarily. I mean, I think it's special for T because I mean, obviously every league has their reason as to why they put their trophies the way they have. So I guess it makes you know them have their own type of how do I describe it? It's just I think I think it's good that the hockey that hockey has the Stanley Cup. Like I think it should remain that way for hockey, and it shouldn't go the other. Teams, because I mean, we've, I mean, leagues, we've we've gotten used to each league having their own distinct look. Yes. So I was just, I was just very impressed by it because I've I've seen it before, but I've never really like, you know, paid attention to a player holding it up, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow, that's a massive trophy. Like, yeah. that's a great trophy, and I think it, it definitely symbolizes what you know the NHL, the NHL is. So I think it's good for them to have that trophy. Having all the names on it of the password is always special too, but. I don't think every league necessarily needs to adapt that. I mean, it's it's like it's such a cool idea. I, honestly, I like that about it. And they have so much superstitions with the trophy. Right. I don't know if you realize this, but like when the, when the conference finals happens and the team wins the conference, like for the Eastern or Western Conference, they nobody wants to touch the trophy. <laughs> you ever heard about that rule? They don't touch the trophy because they feel like the only trophy you want is the Stanley Cup trophy. Right. So yeah. you don't touch the Eastern Conference Championship or the Western Conference Championship. Yeah, I've heard of it. When in every other sport, they are holding up the NFC title. They're holding up Yeah, the, exactly. And know. those, and we've learned that those titles, I mean, they mean something. It's still an accomplishment, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean as much as getting the championship trophy. It's not the trophy you want. Exactly. That's, that was always the superstition regarding it. So I, I always think that's kind of funny, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Exactly. That's what people believe, and that's how they're going to go with it. Absolutely. Um, now, I was listening before, and they were talking about how there are about 10 Americans on the Pittsburgh um, Penguins team, Mm -hmm. and I think another maybe eight or nine from, like, Europe and other places, you know, other countries, like, over there. And then everybody else is from Canada. Yeah, of course. And what they do is one person gets to take the trophy for a week or, like, a couple of days. Oh, wow, okay. Each player to see. That's amazing. That's a great concept. That is. So it's like... I would be posting selfies galore <laughs> when it was my turn. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, I, I'm telling you, in the studio, you're like, I'm getting this selfie in right now. So <laughs> think about it if you had the, the trophy with you. And that's right. what they're going to be doing for uh, all this summer, mm-hmm. celebrating. And there's also the World Hockey Classic, which is which is coming up, this, I believe, in September. Okay. So that's going to be something really cool with different countries playing against each other. Nice. It's sort of like the Olympics, but not really. Mm-hmm. So it, it should be a lot of fun. Um, you're going to see a lot of the same names here because all the top players always play. Yeah. They always play. It's not like the NBA where mm-hmm. some of them are going to stay home. And we're going to talk about a couple more players pulled out. I know. Yeah. So we'll definitely get into that. 
But I do want to get into, however, a little bit of what uh, Sidney Crosby, the captain for the Pittsburgh Penguins, had to say in regards to their big win yesterday becoming the champions. Did Gary Bettman hands you the Stanley Cup? Do you remember it from 09? Is it different? What was that moment like for you? I wasn't really thinking about 09 that much. I was just, you know, thinking about, you know, how hard it was to, to get to this point and just trying to enjoy every second of it. It's uh, it's not easy to get here and, um, you know, having won, you know, seven years ago um, at a young age, you, you probably take it for granted a little bit. You don't think you do at the time, but um, it's not easy to get to this point. So I think just, just try to enjoy it as best I can. Well, obviously, after a coaching change, I think everyone, you know, takes that personal and... Um, puts a you know, responsibility on their shoulders to, to be better and I think individually and as a group we knew we had uh, high expectations and we needed to be better and um, I thought we just you know slowly got better and better you know Mike came in and you know made it pretty clear how he wanted us to play what he expected from each individual guy and I think guys just you know welcome the opportunity welcome the challenge and um, you know tried to try to get back on track and it took some time didn't happen overnight, but March was a big month for us, and we knew we had to get a big push to get in the playoffs. And then we knew once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen, and we were playing good at the right time. So um, we had to go through some really good teams. It, you know, every team we played, I mean, New York was playing good down the stretch. You know, Washington, obviously, you know, top team. Um, you know, Tampa had us on the brink of elimination, and we found a way to get through that. And then obviously, San Jose, you know, with uh, the way they play, they're physical, they're fast. Um, Jones was unbelievable through the whole series. So, you know, I thought we had a lot of fight, you know, and we uh, we found a way. You know, I, I look at this as a total team effort, and, you know, I just uh, I tried to work hard every night and, you know, do my job just like everyone else. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I did anything different or specific. I think uh, everyone just competed. Everyone tried to do what's expected of them and tried to play their role. And, you know, I think that uh, you do that every night. We had a pretty good chance of winning. It's not easy just to... You know, throw a bunch of guys together and you know develop that that chemistry, that trust, and um, you know it, it doesn't happen overnight. But when you look at the group and how many new players we brought in, it's pretty special what we were able to do. Um, you know, we have a core that's played together for a while. I think there was some trust there, but you know when you look at all the guys we added, the young guys, um, you know the guys we added through trades, and you know I think that you know it takes a special group to be able to come together that quickly and to build that trust basically along the way. There wasn't past experience really, you know, like I said, b besides the core group to kind of fall back on. So we're really kind of just, as we went along, we were building it. And I think that was, uh, that was a huge part and, you know, kind of keeping that momentum. All right. I was Sidney Crosby uh, talking about obviously winning the championship and uh, how it felt to him. And he saw about how they won seven years ago and he was just so young that he really didn't appreciate it the mm -hmm. same way he does now. Yeah. And uh, you kind of see that a lot with players. You know, when you're young, you're kind of like, oh, I won a trophy. It's going to be easy every year, you know? Yeah, exactly. And Kobe even said that too when he won again after uh, winning three years with, Sha with Shaq. He's like, oh, this is a lot harder than it looks. Right. So it's, uh, it's really cool. And like I said, the guy, you know, they talk about the year they had. Talk about going through a coaching change barely making the playoffs, and then winning the Stanley Cup Finals. That's just like a picture-perfect story. I love hearing stories about this, especially in the sports world, it's people overcoming these obstacles and working together as a team and then, you know, being able to clinch a championship. You know, it's, 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 that's a huge deal. And I think that I heard something earlier that this was the last time when they won in 2009, they also underwent a coaching change. So yeah. that's, that's crazy, you know. So maybe it should happen more often for the team, but 
It's it's great. It's a great story. It's crazy. It's not almost not make it to the playoffs, and then now you are walking away with the Stanley Cup. Like, huge deal. Congrats to them. It's definitely a testament to the team just sticking together throughout all the hard times because a lot of these teams, you know, they fall apart. They don't. There's always many excuses you can use for these situations. But right. To um, really band together and uh, you know, bearing and get the game going and and win. Like that's really what it comes out to. You know, just to find a way to win and. It was huge for Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Definitely. Now, obviously, everybody's looking ahead to uh, next season and what, you know, what changes are going to be made. Um, I've been hearing this big change they want to do with the goalies. They want to shorten, like, because they have these pads. Mm-hmm. They want to make the pads smaller. Okay. That's the big deal. Now, some goalies are going to be upset about this because they're like, all right, you already made the pads smaller earlier. This, is, this has happened before. Now you're going to make them even more, um, more um, smaller because you want to increase scoring. Right. Do you feel like is that a good idea or should you just leave it as it is? I think just leave it as it is. Just play the sport has as it was as it's been, as it's been created. You know, why make these adjustments to increase scoring? Like that's the whole point about hockey. That's why overtime in hockey is so intense because the chances of scoring is like so slim. So it's like to make those adjustments, it's kinda of changing the game. It's changing what it's what it's been and what people are used to. So I I'm a big believer in stick with, you know, stick with the past, stick with what with tradition. Tradition. I like that. You know, stick with tradition. Um, I still feel like I, I think it's more just getting more people to watch it. Because they want to see goals was like 7 to 5. They want to see 8 to you know, 6 or stuff like that. I personally like, you know, leave it the way it is. I agree with you. People like to see excitement. Excitement sells tickets, you know. I think it's still excitement when, you know, it's down to the last moments and somebody scored and then that's it, game over. You know what I mean? Like, I, I find excitement in those type of things. It is it is tricky when you have a a tied game, you know, and then it's the chances of somebody scoring is very slim. It kind of loses excitement. But when they do score in those situations, that's very exciting to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's different for everybody. It definitely is different. Now, speaking of legacies, uh, I make the transition over now to Gordy Howe, who did pass away at the age of 88. Now, did you know that he had his whole, like, hat trick? You know what a hat trick is, obviously. You score three goals. Mm-hmm. It's a hat trick. All the fans start throwing their hats onto the ice. Yeah. That's, you know, for a player who scores three goals. Well, Gordy Howe <laughs> was so good, and he was like a legend. You know how they always talk about these legendary facts? That he had his own hat trick, known as the Gordy Howe hat trick. Now, for all those that want to know what the Gordy Howe hat trick is, it is when you score a goal, an assist, and get into a fight in the same game. And it sounds like, okay, that sounds so dumb. It's not an easy thing to do. Right. I believe Brandon Shanahan, who's a guy I think recently retired, he was known for that. Played for the Rangers a little bit, played for the Wings, played for a lot of different teams. It's, it's just funny because hockey's one of those sports where they let you fight. Right. They let you fight. They don't let you beat, you know, beat somebody down. They just let you fight a little bit, you know, a little scuffle. But one person's winning, they break it up. Right. But uh, Gordie Howe was one of those guys, tough-nosed, will fight, score goals, do assists, do all the stuff like all the, like the Wayne Gretzky types, the Mark Messier types. he do all that stuff. But then he liked the fight. <laughs> That's how old school it was. He was, remember, he was playing in an age where you didn't wear a helmet. Oh, man. You were just skating without a helmet. <sighs> So you could imagine, you know, I looked at some of his clips. They show him in black and white. They show him in color. They show him in a better definition of color. Yeah. Like, you talk about how long this man played. It's ridiculous. What was it, like four decades or so? It's like four. Like, it's, I, I, you know, I can't even do it justice by just assuming because certain players you could be like, okay, he played for about 20 years, like 
for example, we got all excited over Kobe Bryant. Right. You know? Gordy Howe took it to another level. It's it's just it was it was ridiculous to look at some of the numbers that he put up and a lot of it was because he played forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, you're gonna laugh when you hear this. He started his playing career in nineteen forty six. Oh my gosh. And then he only played till nineteen seventy one. Only played till nineteen seventy one. But then he came back in nineteen seventy three. Right. <laughs> Wait, there's and, more. And played until nineteen eighty. Crazy. So you're talking about almost forty years of hockey. I think about him being in shape to do that. That's what I think about. Like, that's insane. It's ridiculous to put it to any type of comprehension. And, like, I look up his stats here, and I see, like, you know, he played all these years with the Detroit Red Wings. Like, he basically played forever with the the Red Wings. It's -hmm. it's ridiculous, you know? And the guy holds all these different records. He's won the Stanley Cup four times. Um, The All-Star game, I mean, you're talking about a guy – I'm looking at the numbers right now, and it's I'm laughing. Twenty three time All Star, twenty <laughs> three time All Star. These numbers are unreal. That's what they are. You know the Art Ross Trophy. He's won. He's won six times. He's a goal scoring leader five times. Six time Hart Memorial Trophy winner. You know um, NHL All Star NHL All Star First Team. He's a twelve time winner of that. It's like it's ridiculous, but um, you know what can you say? Greatness. That's why he's called Mister Hockey. Like he <laughs> he's proven it. He's been around that long. He deserves that name. He's been involved in this sport for so long, and not only just being involved, but you know, making a difference, setting records. You know, he definitely deserves that title. And much respect to him and the legacy that he's had. You know, for hockey. Oh, without question. Or made for hockey. Yeah, definitely made for hockey. I remember he did a. Uh, a commercial for ESPN for Sports Center, mm-hmm. where they, you know, they were saying, uh, "Oh man, we're just so happy to have legends just stop by." This is this had to be about twenty years ago, and you know, he had full of gray hair, but yeah. he's in full uniform as a Detroit Red Wing, <laughs> and he's talking uh, to Keith Oberman, who used to be on uh, ESPN, and he's just talking about hockey. He's like, "I remember back in nineteen fifty something when I did this," and he's like hitting him with the puck and the, and the stick and everything. It's a thirty second commercial. They kept showing it afterwards on ESPN after his death. But uh, it's really funny. It just shows the type of guy he was, you know. Yeah. And, like, he played himself as acting crazy. He's also mentioned in an episode of The Simpsons. They talked about him in that. Um, he's had so many references. And, like I said, 88 years old his whole life. Well, four, over four decades. Hockey. Yeah. That's, I don't think that's ever going to be matched. Yeah, exactly. You know, like. It's, it's a big deal. That's a huge deal. And like I said earlier, like, the fact that he was in shape to do that, to play into his 50s, like, that's in. That's incredible. It's incredible. So in honor of his, um, you know, obviously his passing and it's just his life, uh, I'm just going to take a, a quick listen to some of the stuff some of his colleagues said, uh, some players he's played against, just all the greatness that was uh, Gordy Howe as we go to break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Gordy almost looked like maybe he might be falling asleep out of the ice. That's how relaxed he was, you know. And he had a great gift that he could... Uh, if there was a stoppage of play, he could kneel down on the ice and recover very quickly. You know, he had that gift. He could be on the ice so long. Uh, the stamina, the strength, this natural ability, um, to me, uh, made him uh, uh, the uh, players uh, that uh, he was. 
And I've always had, too, the feeling that he enjoyed playing the game so much. So if you put all those great ingredients together, uh, that uh, what make uh, a, a superstar like he is. He's in a class by himself. He was the one guy without a weakness. He had wonderful shots, front hand, back hand. He was ambidextrous, so could shoot from both sides. He was big, he was tough. He was a wonderful skater. He had maximum participation. Gordy, in his whole career, never wasted a step. He could figure out where the puck was going, and he'd go there in the shortest distance. He was a great defensive player who knew how to play in his own hand, and he was as tough as any man who ever played. He could kill penalty, pay the power play, regular shift. He used to carry the puck smooth. You know, very dangerous. He could shoot the puck. Strong player. He was a very, very, very strong player's guardian. He could do everything on the ice, and he was so big and strong that you feared him when he was out there. And uh, he could put the puck in the net, he could make the plays. He was the all-round ultimate hockey player at that time. In the 1950s, four Stanley Cup championships and six consecutive first-place finishes made Gordy Howe and the Detroit Red Wings the top team in the game. For Gordy, the Stanley Cup meant everything. And the only thing of sadness, too, is, is hey, I have to do it all over again next year. It's, it's not like something you can keep forever. You have to earn it every year you play, so it's, uh, when we won it four or six years, that was the core of a great hockey club. Well, I'd been there probably seven or eight years uh, before I got a chance to be on the same line with Gordy and uh, Ted Lindsay. And I remember the guys on the bench, Bob Goldham and, and a few of them say, look, give the big guy the puck and they'll deliver the mail, as they used to say. So I never forgot that. Although he was the top scorer in the game, Opposition players worried about more than Gordy's skill around the net. When the going got rough, Howe was seldom at a disadvantage. You know, the 50s, uh, people don't realize how tough it was to make the NHL, first of all, and then stay in the NHL. And if, uh, if you were the least bit timid, you weren't there very long. Gordy learned that very quickly, and he had a little bit of a mean streak that came out every once in a while. If players really bothered him, they soon learned that Gordy could re retaliate and very quickly and very hard. If somebody gave it to him and he didn't, he wouldn't react right away. He would just bide his time, and, uh, and when the right moment arose, he, uh, he brought his elbows into play, which he became famous for. You'd either get a, a good stick or a good elbow or something just as a reminder that uh, he was going by. But, uh, and he used such a short hockey stick that he could really, he could do a lot of damage with it. These teeth you see here are courtesy of Gordie Howe. Gordy is right behind me, and he has one arm around me. It sticks around here. So he's right, right here in my ear. So as we're going in, get closer to the boards, Gordy said, uh, Red, how's the wife? And I started to turn to say, oh, she's... <laughs> and whoa! He put me, put me right through the boards almost. I left my footprints right in the boards. The puck drops, and Gordy gives me an elbow right in the mouth. And I... I went like this and I felt it and I said, and I could feel the blood. And I said, and you used to be my so-and-so idol. He looked back and he says, what you say? 
I said, oh, nothing, Mr. Howe, absolutely nothing. The first time that I played against Guardy, the puck got in the in a little mix-up, and I was fishing for it, and I got my stick under one of his skates, and I give it a yank, and down he went. He kind of glared at me out of all, man. I wanted to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Howe. I didn't mean it, but but I didn't. But later on in the game, he stuck me in the middle of the chest with the blade of his stick, boy. Left a big welt across my chest. <laughs> he had lots of room when I was out there. <laughs> if you learn to play a little rough and, and uh, shade the rules a little bit, sometimes you get a little more respect. And respect gives you a little more room. And you get a little more room to maneuver, then you're going to be a better hockey player. stealing of his property we're damn good too but you can't be any geek off the street gotta be handy with the steel if you know what i mean earn you keep regulators mount up it was a clear black night a clear white moon warmer g was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the eve so i could get some phones rolling in my ride chilling all alone just hit the east side of the lbc Mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search know what's up with 213. So I hooked select on 21 and Lewis. Some brothers shooting dice, so I said, let's do this. I jumped out the rock and said, what's up? Some brothers pulled some so I said, I'm stuck. These girls peeping me, I'm on glide and swerve. These looking so hard, they straight hit the curve. Want to bigger, better things than some horny tricks. I see my homie and some suckers all in his mix. I'm getting jacked, I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they taking Warren's wealth. They took my rings, they took my Rolex. I looked at the brother, said, damn, what's next? They got my homie hemmed up and they all around. Can't none of them see him if they going straight down for pound. They want to come up real quick before they start to clown. I best pull out my and lay them busters down. They got guns to my head. I think I'm going down. I can't believe it's happening in my own town. If I had wings, I would fly. Let me contemplate. I glance in the cut and I see my homie Nate. Sixteen in the and one in the hole. Nate Dog is about to make somebody's turn. Now they dropping and yelling, it's a tad bit late. Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate. Switching my mind back into freak mode If you won't skirt, sit back and observe I just left a gang of over there on the curb Now they got the freaks and that's a known fact Before I got jacked, I was on the same track Back up, back up, cause it's on N-A-T-E and me The woman to the G Just like I thought, they were in the same spot In need of some desperate head But Nate Dog and the G-Child were in need of something Sexy as hell, I said, ooh, I like your size She said my chords broke down and just sing real nice Would you let me ride? I got a car full of girls and it's going real swell The next stop is the east side Life and life. 
smoked out with a gangster twist. If you smoke like I smoke, then you like every day. And if your ass is a buster, 213 will regulate. It sucks now that he's not going to be on the floor. And it is a different situation now because it's spilled over into that. But we've never, there's never been a distraction for us every single game having to watch out for Draymond, you know, trying to maybe calm him down or, or whatnot or, or worry about if he's thinking about it or not because we know when he's out there, um, he's going to give us what he got. No one can make up what Draymond does individually. And uh, luckily for us, we got such a deep, talented team. We can, we can really do it, and we believe it thousand percent I had no idea what to expect and it's irrelevant anyway whatever any of us feel it's uh the, you know we accept the ruling and we move on to game five how about the time would you have liked to have heard back row the news before practice started or earlier today or even last night sure but it didn't happen so whatever you know again it's just they, they made their decision and we've got to get ready for game five and that's what we'll do today I don't know how the man feels, or, um, but um, obviously people have feelings, and people's feelings get hurt, even if they're called a bad word. Um, I guess his feelings just got hurt. I mean, I, we've all been called plenty of bad words on the basketball court before. You know, you, some guys just react to it differently. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to comment on, on what Clay said because – I know where it can go from this sit-in. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to take the high road. I've been doing it for 13 years. It's so hard to continue to do it, and I'm going to do it again. Um, at the end of the day, we got to go out. we got to show up and, and play better tomorrow night. Um, and if we don't, then they're going to they're gonna be back-to-back uh, -back champions. And, um, you know, and that's it. All right, so... Uh... You heard a little bit of uh, what Clay Thompson said, and you heard the response from uh, the King LeBron James, aka Coach James. And uh, what's going to support social with Eddie sitting here on Southcast FM? Naomi Gray, you have thoughts on this. That's why you're quiet right now. You're like <laughs> processing how you. Wanna... I'm just so annoyed with all of this. It's such child's play. Like, like you you see how Steve Kerr answered his questions. You know what I mean? Very poised, straight to the point, move forward. Mm -hmm. Shows his maturity. Shows shows what he why he's been in the league for so long. Why he's been a successful person in this league. Then you see people who I like to call. I will call Clay Thompson immature. You mm. know, making those jabs. It doesn't. Certain questions don't need to be answered in certain ways. Exactly. He said he said the answer he said to to cause a reaction. And same thing with LeBron James. Like he. He also, you know, wanted a reaction to, you know, laughing at mm -hmm. what Clay Thompson said and saying he's taking the higher road. You you by giving that reaction isn't taking the higher road. You know, like I said, these the media asks questions, they want those type of reactions so it could start this whole feud. Play basketball. Yeah. Play ball. That's it. You've been media trained, you know how to answer these questions. You don't your 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 true opinion doesn't need to always be involved in these in these type of answers like it's just 
annoying and irritating to me. I every time Clay Thompson tries to act all tough boy, I'm like, come on, <laughs> have a seat, do what you do best. You know what I mean? That shoot do what you do, shoot the basketball, do what mm-hmm. you do best, and keep it at that. Answer the question. We're looking forward, moving on, and move on from it. That's it. It's a, it's a terrible incident. It's a terrible situation. I I don't agree with it, but. You know, at the end of the day, game five is tonight. And, you know, they have to move forward from this and show that, great, their strength in numbers, their team is deeper than that. They can move forward. Show it. You saying it doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Show it. Move forward. That's it. Well, that's that becomes the whole thing now in terms of, you know, you want him to show maturity. You want him to be able to be like, okay, let me just – it happened – they suspended him, move on. Do you feel like Klay Thompson made a mistake by trying to fan the fire a little bit, especially when you've got a guy like LeBron James who is very emotional. Let's be honest, he is. And he takes a lot of his stuff out on the court. Do you feel like he just, you know, poked the bear a little bit? No, because I would hope that LeBron James is more mature than to try and cause another, you know, another incident on the court. Just, play, like I said, play basketball. I don't think... Sure, Clay Thompson, speak your mind. I think it was immature, but I don't think he made a mistake because, I mean, he can't, you know, walk on his tiptoes just to, just based off of how LeBron James is going to react. They call him King James, but not really. You know what I mean? The show goes on without LeBron James' reaction. So yeah, I don't think he made the wrong decision. Speak your mind, of course, but speak it in a way where it's mature and it, it doesn't have to try and create a reaction from somebody. There's no sense. I hate. I hate when basketball players do that. I hate it. It's it's theatric. It's theatrics and all this stuff. Like just cut all that out. Cut the trash it, talking. It turns. It turns a lot into WWE. A lot of cutting promos. And yeah. Just to uh, incite a uh, situation. It seems like more than anything. Right. Exactly. Like cut all of that out. It's it's not necessary. It's it's it actually makes me not want to. Continue watching the series because I feel like it's always going to be something else. Another jab, another. Keep it on the court where we can't hear it. You know what I mean? Keep your mic off. Keep it on the court. Trash talk. Then keep leave it that way. When you bring it to the media room, it's just it's just. I don't want to get ESPN updates about him saying that LeBron James is soft. I don't want to get ESPN updates saying that LeBron James laughed at his comp his, his comment. That's that's not sports to me. That's that's just theatrics. It, it becomes bossup almost. You know what I Absolutely, mean? Absolutely, exactly, exactly. And I, I think that's what I, I I hate the fact that sports has made that transition to becoming more entertainment mm-hmm. and more just gossip and what he's wearing, who he's with. Right. And who he doesn't like, who he does like, as opposed to what happens on the court. Exactly. And that's one of the things I hate the most about it. But that's the new age we're in. That's the new age of social media. That's the mm-hmm. new age of, you know, we didn't even get into the tweets. You know what I mean? Like, it was very, um, very extra in regards to that. Absolutely. So, you know, we're going to get to that in a second. I actually want to play um, a little bit. This is right after game four. I don't know if you heard from this. This is Draymond Green's explanation as to what happened. I don't know if you got a chance to hear this. This is from um, his talk. He had uh, Charles Barkley, Steve Smith, and Grant Hill on the same panel with him, and they all spoke about it. So this is what he had to say. And what happened there with a little dust-up at the end of the game, you and LeBron, you know, just guys got in each other's face. It looked like y'all were, you know, mouthing off a little bit. Uh, First off, Chuck usually picks against us, so let's get that out there, you know. So that's no surprise to me. (laughs) But um, Just just for the game. No, it's cool. You usually pick against us. It's okay. Okay, I still look up to you. You guys usually win, too. Y'all proving me wrong again. (laughs) But with LeBron, you know, I fell. He stepped over me. You know, and you're not just going to step over me. Like, there's many routes you can take. Don't just step over me like that. So, 
you know, we had our words, and it is what it is. I'm not, I don't care who you are. You know, I'm not going to back down from you. That's, it is what it is. We can do whatever First of all, need to be you, done. You hear that? He doesn't care who you are, No, no, Chuck. no. First of all, I, mean, I will say this. At least I know he could have played in our days. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you something. If a guy step over you, you got to get him. That's like, we always talked about that. That is the most disrespectful thing that you can do to a player that you knock down and step over him. And I, that tells me right there he could have played back when we had actually real basketball toughness. <laughs> that was uh, Charles Barkley. I love me some Charles Barkley. He always he keeps care. it real. He just doesn't care. He that's, always that's, keeps it real. That's why. Bad mouthing, cussing, anything. He he keeps it real. So what are your thoughts now with Draymond Green? You agree with? His, I agree with what he's saying. No, absolutely. I totally agree. Like that's it was a very disrespectful thing, but then again. Due to his track record, you don't. Everything does not need a reaction. It's it's about maturity. You have to be a mature person on the court. You know, beat him the right way by winning. You guys did that. You know what I mean. You guys right. won. That's that's the that's the biggest beating you could give LeBron James at this point. How many times have he made? Has he made it this far and lost? You know what I mean. Beat him that way. Don't don't. Everything doesn't need a reaction. If he wants to pull out, if he wants to act like Allen Iverson. Sure, let him pull it out of Iverson. But you don't have to be Dennis Rodman in return. You know what I mean? Right, like right. you everything doesn't need a reaction. A reaction doesn't need a reaction. You know, I, it's 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 kinda like a code and I hate to have to bring this into it, but you know, it, it's kinda like a man code also. You yeah. Know? It, it is. It, it, you just like the whole stepping over your thing, that's a fight automatically anywhere else in the world, let's be honest. That's mm-hmm. a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Draymond, obviously, the thing they caught him with, if you saw the replay and the reason why they released this one, he did go low on LeBron. Yeah. Even though LeBron shouldn't have stepped over him. Right, exactly. But it's just that, Draymond, you can't keep going low on a man. You just can't. He's done that multiple times. Exactly. And you, then know? It, you keep you doing it. Do it. Oh, I wasn't trying to do it. I wasn't. Yeah. That, if that's your first instinct, yeah. like, you should. All right, get stepped over. Get up. Stand up and, and just face step, to yes. face. That, what, and it would have been up? okay. And the NBA would have been okay with that. It's just that he went low on him. That's Ex- what made LeBron react. Exactly. But we didn't notice it when it's going in, you know, in fast motion. We didn't notice it. Exactly. And they've been playing it in slow-mo all weekend, so I've had the chance to see it numerous times. And like I said, he has a track record of doing that. You just did it to Steven Adams, and you got away with it. So yeah. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm, I think he should have got that call when he did do it to Steven Adams last series. But when you have that track record, they're going to put those two things together, and you're going to find yourself in a situation where you have to watch game five next door. Yeah. And not be on the court if your team is possibly going to be celebrating tonight. Now, here's the thing. He's going to watch it next door, but he's actually going to watch it in uh, the Oakland Athletics in their their uh, field because it's going to be in a suite, right? That's what they were saying. Yeah. And they're not too far from Oracle Arena. Right. So the goal is if they do win the title, he'll he just, meet up with the team. Exactly. And they'll still celebrate. Could, yeah, exactly. That is, that is the, you know, better situation that if they do when he does get to celebrate. I know that it's going to suck if he's not a part of it, but... At least you get to celebrate. Yeah. I mean, because right now, like Steve Kerr was saying, you have to look forward. You can't keep going back, you know, trying to dissect the issue. It, the, you know, they've spoken. That is that is what it is. He's suspended. Time to move on. You know, your team, this should motivate the Warriors even more to come out winning tonight. Right. You know what I mean? Move forward from this. And like I said, beat the be, make it a mental beatdown. A mental beatdown. You know so what I mean? It doesn't. Everything doesn't have to be physical. Everything doesn't have to be. You know, do it mentally, and that's how you're going to mentally break down the Cavs by by winning. You know what I mean? I know. I agree with you completely. It's just that when you go against a team, and 
and there's already now we have a real rivalry. They don't like each other now. This is pretty obvious, you know. It's a little late in the game, but but it's, it's yeah. late in the game. But it's it gives a little spice to this game, you know. Now everybody's like, all right. More people are going to tune in. It's not going to be just like... But what was going on last season? Don't you think there should be a rivalry already? This is a rematch. Didn't there be a, been a rivalry since game one? No? Uh, it should have been, but you know how things go. It's, yeah, exactly, yeah. There's, there's always that extra that has to be thrown into the game. Right. And you got these guys now all want to be tough. Mm-hmm. And you got Clay Thompson saying this. I don't think Clay Thompson says this if they're down 3-1. Right. That's my opinion. You know, I just think he's talking tough now because they're up. Exactly. Um, Steph Curry, I thought, answered it pretty well. I was a little surprised by Ayesha Curry with her, you know, her tweets. I felt like she should have stayed out of it. Absolutely. I understand all. And, like, the thing is also, I understand with Basketball Wives, I say defend your man, not the team. Like, kind of, st- I don't want to say stay in your lane because I feel like that's kind of rude, but it's like, you don't need to go there. You, no. There's no need. Obviously, they're going to be those trash talk- talkers on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever, even if you're at home baking, they're talking about you. Yeah. Don't get involved in this mess. Don't tarnish who you are just to just to try to ha- make your, have a voice in this. You don't need it. You, I mean, she said her opinion. LeBron James could have step made whatever. Keep that to yourself. And I also seen a video of her at Cleveland when they were at um, what's it called? Looking loans, and they had the Cavalier shirts on the back of the chairs, and she's throwing it down. Yeah, I to, saw that too. You know, yeah. it doesn't need to be all I mean, that. It, it, it doesn't. It didn't I, have to be all that, but it was like I wasn't gonna kill her for that. I no, I wasn't gonna kill her. But I'm saying just adding on to what what's been going on. It's just like all this unnecessary stuff. Like we get it. You don't want Cleveland to win. They're they're the they're the rival right now. Obviously, you're in yes. the, you're in the NBA Finals. Somebody's trying to win a championship, but if. Steph, I okay. Defend Steph Curry and his sneakers. She said some things about that. <laughs> yeah, she like did. my babe has the hottest sneakers. And yeah, do that. I don't blame you. But now when you're getting into the whole Draymond Green versus LeBron situation, and then like it's just causing stupidness. And then I seen somebody tweet, "Oh, if Aisha want to get Savannah, Aisha will get beat down." You know, it's like don't cause all that. Be lady. Yeah. You know, be a lady. Stay out of it. You don't. You really do not need to go there. There's no need. It's not adding anything but just more controversy. And why are you sitting there answering every person's tweet? Like, don't do that. You have too much on your hands. You're too successful of a woman. You're too you're too mature to even be involved with those people. And that's that's exactly why a lot of people were still surprised that she would even stoop to that level. Because that was always her thing. Like, she was always taking the high road, you know? Exactly. And, you know, well, as LeBron said, you can only take the high road so so much. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a really gearing up to be an interesting matchup now tonight. What do you think now? Let's actually talk about the game itself. Hmm. What do you think is going to happen now with the Warriors? What what type of changes are they going to make in order to adjust for not having Draymond Green? I feel like you're going to see Andre make a bigger impact on tonight's game. Like he's going to be doing a lot more tonight because I feel like that's their that's their main choice. And also, that's like they don't have losing Draymond Green is like you're losing that motivator. You know, mm. so it's like who's going to be there to motivate them right. now? That's what you have to think about because that's all it is, motivation. When you're when you're down or when things are going wrong, you need somebody to be your backbone. Steph Curry soft-spoken. Clay Thompson, so- Clay Thompson, let's make that clear, he's soft-spoken. He ain't going to be the leader to step up and be like, yo, let's do this as you see Draymond Green get in there. So what they really need to have right now is their that motivator. I think they have the skill level to make those adjustments and be successful without Draymond on the court, absolutely. Right. But you just need to see that voice there. Are you know they just need to be able to recover losing somebody as instrumental to their team tonight, especially in a game five situation where they could actually take it all and it be over and then that's it, moving on with their lives. 
It definitely is. And, and now I'm just looking at it from the, the side of Cleveland mm-hmm. and how they have to approach it because they're not going to have Draymond Green, but they're still a very good team because you might get a good game out of Steph. You may get a good game out of Clay, And, you know, you have to make adjustments. And I haven't – Teron Lue, the only adjustment he did make was put Richard Jefferson in the starting lineup. But can Richard Jefferson now take on a bigger responsibility? Because let's be honest, he's going to be faced with a lot more of, um, of Andre Iguodala. Yeah. You know, and I think Iguodala is very versatile. Absolutely. Very versatile. He give you a lot of things. And you could see them go back. They they gave um James um James Michael McAdoo a little bit of time out there. I know he's not a guy anybody knows about, but he's a big body that can move. Exactly. And that's one of the biggest things. That's why he got into game four. And they did win game four for his little bit of minutes because he can give you half, maybe a quarter of what Draymond can give you. Right. But still play the position. Exactly. And that's what I love about Steve Kerr. Everybody's game ready on that team. Varejao's ready. Spates will be ready. You got guys that are ready, and they're also going to be playing pissed because they feel like Draymond should be there. Exactly. So you can see them playing inspired basketball. And as I see it, as if the Cavs, like, I wouldn't say the Cavs caused, caused this incident, but if, you know, if we're going to get this far and you don't show up, then sayonara to your team. Like, yeah. you guys need to be prepared. You know that the Warriors are a team that stays ready. So if you guys don't have the answers tonight, I really just feel very bad for you guys. It's going to be um, really interesting. And uh, what we're going to do is step aside and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go deeper into this whole sneaker issue. <laughs> and we're going to talk about just other fashion uh, fails and uh, I say good fashion in the NBA and other sports. Yeah. Just so that we just, just get this out of the way. Because, you know, we're going to see plenty of it, plenty of bad fashion at the NBA draft coming up. <laughs> so yes. let's, let's be ready for that. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. We'll be right back. Tech doctor, maybe an actress, but nothing comes easy. It takes much practice. Like, I met a woman who's becoming a star. She was very beautiful, leaving people in awe. Singing songs, Lena Horn, but the younger version hung with the wrong person. Got a strong on that. Sniffing up drugs all in her nose. Could have died so young, now looks ugly and old. No fun, cause now when she reaches for hugs, people hold their breath. Cause she smells of corrosion and death. Watch the company you keep and the crowd you bring. Cause they came to do drugs and you came to sing. So if you're gonna be the best, I'ma tell you how. Put your hand in the air and take the vow. I know I can. I know I can. Be what I wanna be. Be what I wanna be. If I work hard at it. If I work hard at it. I'll be where I wanna be. Listen again. This is for grown-looking girls who's only 10. The ones who watch videos and do what they see. As cute as can be. Up in the club with fake ID. Careful, for you meet a man with HIV. You can host a TV like Oprah Winfrey. Whatever you decide, be careful some men be. Rapists, so act your age. Don't pretend to be older than you are. Give yourself time to grow. You're thinking he can give you wealth, but so young boys. You can use a lot of help, you know. You're thinking life's all about smoking ice. You don't want to be my agent, can't read and write. Begging 
different women for a place to sleep at night. Smart boys turn them in and do whatever they wish. If you believe you can achieve, then say it like this. I know I can, I know I can be what I want to be. be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be. Now, go. came to this country we were kings and queens never porch monkeys there was empires in africa called kush timbuktu where every race came to get books to learn from black teachers who taught greeks and romans asian arabs and gave them gold when gold was converted to money it all changed money then became empowerment for europeans the persian military invaded they heard about the gold the teachings and everything sacred africa was almost robbed naked slavery was money so they began making slave ships egypt was the place that Alexander the Great went. He wasn't shocked that the mountains were black faces. Shot up their nose to impose what basically still goes on today, you see. If the truth is told, the youth can grow. They learn to survive until they gain control. Nobody says you have to be gangsters. Read more, learn more, change the globe. Ghetto children, do your thing. Hold your head up, little man, you're a king. Young princess, when you get your wedding ring, your man is saying, she's my queen. I know I can be what I want to be if I work hard at it. I'll be where I want to be. I know I can be what I want to be if I work hard at it. If I work hard y'all save the music y'all save the music y'all save the music y'all save the music they're off in the belmont stakes and destin had a very good beginning but there goes gettysburg as expected sent to the lead by paco lopez and destin is close as to stablemate stradivari and then to the outside there goes Right to the outside of them, seeking the soul, who's three deep into that turn. Cherry Wine sits back and runs in fifth. Exaggerator's not far behind. He's three wide into the turn as Governor Malibu saves all the ground. Then Brody's Cause, seeking the soul. Three lengths more. And then comes Forever Doro, racing on the outside of Creator, who's been guided to the rail. Lonnie is second last. Trojan Nation trails. And the first quarter was solid enough. It was 24 seconds flat. So it is Gettysburg the leader on this expansive first turn at Belmont Park. Gettysburg in front by a length and a half. Destin tracks in second position. Seeking the Soul follows in third. Stradivari's in between horses. Exaggerators moving up on the outside and is strongly held by Kent DeSormo. Four deep up the backstretch. Then Governor Malibu followed by Cherry Wine. Rody's cause is right behind his stablemate. And he's six lengths off the lead up the backstretch. Lonnie has gone by a few horses now. And Lonnie is moving up on the outside. Then Creator, sudden breaking news. And Forever Doro, the half was in 48 and 2. Three quarters up in 1 minute, 13 and 1 fifth seconds. And Trojan Nation is well behind the field. So Gettysburg leads the charge up the backstretch in front by a length. It is Destin who continues to pursue in second. Stradivari is right there, and so is Exaggerator. The Preakness winner is fourth in right to the outside of a ground-saving Governor Malibu, who is sent along by Joel Rosario down on the inside. Gettysburg has been there all the way so far. Destin continues to pursue him. Stradivari is close. 
Exaggerator is two lengths off the lead, four wide on the turn. Then Governor Malibu, Creator, Lonnie still with five lengths to make up. And then it's Cherry Wine. Sudden breaking news goes wide in Forever Doro. It is still Gettysburg who will turn into the stretch with Destin right on his outside. And they're into the stretch. And Destin has taken the lead in the Belmont Stakes. Stradivari is there. Governor Malibu couldn't get through on the inside. He is in traffic. Exaggerator. Here comes Lonnie on the far outside. And Creator is coming too. It is Destin in front. Creator. Lonnie on the outside. Destin and Creator. These two come down to the line together. Too close to goal. It was Creator and Destin right on the wire. And Iran Ortiz raised his whip in victory. But it is very close in the Belmont Stakes. That was the call from the uh, Belmont Stakes this past Saturday. Creator wins by a nose. A nosy one by when they show the photo finish. It's 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 a lot of fun, you know. Obviously, there was no real high stakes on the on the line. There was no triple crown winner um, this year, so that's what a lot of people get excited for. That's when they start talking about horse racing at the top of the list if you get a triple crown. Yeah. But um, you know, obviously it was exciting. I love. I'm I'm a big fan of like calls, and I love the calls like at the end of races like that, and you just hear the announcer just just get excited. You have to have a good announcer for that. Absolutely. Because it's like, you got to get excited. You can't be, you know, just saying like, oh, and then it's a close race at the end. It just can't be that. You know, it has to be excitement. I love it. You get into it. It was was a fun race. Uh, Like I said, Creator was able to get the big win. So some people won some money out there. Congratulations to whoever that is out there. Um, I don't really do horse betting, you know. I don't know. You're not. I'm guessing you don't either. No, no, absolutely not. No, I've always wanted to go. To like the you know to the Belmont and everything. I've always just wanted to get dressed up and like you I was, know. I was just about to say, why, why is that? Can you answer that question? Because mostly like women want to go. They don't care about the horses. They just want to say, let me just dress up, look it's rich. Like you get, I was, oh my god, I was about to say that too. Like, just give me a day to act bougie. I just want one day to act bougie. Get my nice little hat, maybe a nice little seafoam green dress. That's how it goes. Just, you know, just gotta look bougie for the day. Exactly. The, I love the I love the um, honesty <laughs> in regards to this because I'm just like, all right, you know, I've seen so many women that say, oh man, I just can't, I want to go to the Belmont one year. I just want to go, and I'm like, do you even know anything about horses? She's like, no. I just want to go there, just look pretty, and yeah. Exactly. Everybody deserves a day like that. Oh, my goodness. Nice day at the horse race. Nice day at the horse race. Even though we don't care about the horse race, but I like it. Nice day at the horse race. And it's all about looking good. Speaking of looking good, this goes back into what we were saying with these these sneakers and the fashion that is taking over sports, not just the NBA. Now, Steph Curry sneakers, (laughs) uh, the Under Armour, you know, has been the biggest talk on Twitter for the last couple of days. I'm dying because I just, like, got a hold of some comments people. <laughs> oh, you got to read them out. I've made. So people are calling them. I had the rolling backpack in middle school tens. The bell doesn't dismiss you. Dismiss you. I do eights. Oh. Can you help me down the stairs sevens? Oh. Where's, I seen one. It says, help an old lady across the street, 11s. It's like, this one is funny to me. I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do. It's out of our hands, 11s. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you, it's hilarious. It's just, I have seen the shoe, and I'm kind of like thrown off by that, especially because they're low rise, right? They're they're, they're low rise. They they just, the colors, it's like even even really white. It's like an eggshell color. And then then the silver. It looks weird. It looks very weird, very off. The design is terrible. 
Exactly. If you played in the NBA Finals with those on your feet, you got to do better. Yeah, you got to do better. You got to do better. I mean, my thing is, you gave the okay to this. That's that's my question. You know, exactly. But like, I don't think there's ever been a time where you're like, oh man, I really like what what Steph Curry's wearing. Yeah, think. exactly. You usually don't look at him for that. So it just sucks that when people actually do pay attention, it's just <laughs> sneakers yeah. that look like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough tough sell there, and um, I don't know. Under Armour, they're not known. In my opinion, they're not known for sneakers. You know, they're not really. I no. understand that's the brand he's associated with. They're known for, like, c- compression sleeves and exactly. things like that. But uh, for sneakers, uh, I don't know. He had some nice um, – the, there's, like, a sneakers that are, like, that he has made, and they're high top, and they're white, blue, pink, yellow. They're, like, some type of birth – I forgot what they're called. Some birthday celebration type shoes or something. Those are kind of nice. The colors are good, but – I won't count on Steph Curry to, you know, make a <laughs> straight fire sneaker like he said he did. He like, wrote on this straight fire. Exactly. He's he's. That's what happens when you have to convince yourself after a while. It's okay. He'll get through it. He'll put something else on his feet. I hope. Well, let me let me ask you this now. If you were you a big Jordans person, like were you into that? No, I actually bought my first pair of Jordans this year. Oh, which yeah. ones did you buy? Um, see, I'm so bad. I don't even know. I think they're called the the French blue twelves. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't even know. They're just white and they and then and dark blue. Okay. And I've worn them once. That's why you know I lied to myself. I thought I was a sneakerhead. <laughs> I was like, you know what? No more Uggs time. Let me just buy some sneakers. <laughs> I got that, and I got these custom-made Kyrie Irvings that he had won during the game. Okay. They're all white and gold. White and gold. All right. That's, that's, a, that's yeah. actually not bad. I mean, I've seen <laughs> the Kyries. They're not too bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Steph Currys, however, it's... Uh, yeah, hmm. I won't be buying those. I won't be adding you know, that you, to my small collection. How, how soon do you feel like that, that price drops that, that goes maybe to the Payless? Because he could come out with a Payless brand. I mean, that's what Stephon Marbury did. Right. Did it, weren't the Shaq sold in Payless as well? Yes, they were. Yeah. I have to say his sneakers are en route there. So, hey, you know, if that's the only way you save it. You're like, you care about, you know, kids not spending a bunch of, you know, a bunch of money exactly. on sneakers. That's, that's what you could say. You get away with it. Under Armour, you got to think of this. You know, Exactly. This is, exactly. This There's, there are people out there who will wear those, and I think they should be at a more affordable price. So, Having them in Payless is actually not a bad idea at all. It's it's not it's not a bad idea, and I'm I'm looking at it right now, and I'm just thinking to myself, having them set up, and he could just say, you know, you should be thinking more about your shooting than what you're wearing as sneakers. Yeah, exactly. You look good as sell, man. I'm absolutely, you, this, I, absolutely. You have to have the right branding behind it. Gotta have the right branding, and you know what? Speaking of like just clothing and, and i bring this up because i feel like you're very fashion forward you know you are it, obviously besides sneakers because you said you don't do sneakers no so you've seen over the years like the nba draft is coming up even the nfl draft that just passed you've seen the fashions right okay i have to say i think that the nfl draft you see more of a type of dapper look like i feel like they they clean up very nice at the nfl draft nba draft sometimes you see a little crazy things i mean actually i lied at the nfl draft you see a couple crop tops you did I, we did have crop tops yeah, ezekiel elliott oh, man. Wore, wore a crop top yeah know, so. i don't everybody is just trying to make a fashion <laughs> statement now, nowadays instead of trying to you know not look like a fool you know <laughs> i guess my, my question is what is the fashion statement you know at the end of the day I just didn't want to be talked about like i don't know just clean up nice have a nice tailor-made suit on I love I'm a I love seeing a guy in a bow tie. Throw on a bow tie, you stole my heart. Wow. Throw on a crop top, I'm concerned. Don't do that. Like, nobody needs to see your belly at at this type of event. Come on. <laughs> I, I, hey, you know what? I can't disagree with that. 
But um, what I do have to say is, you know, for every guy that's listening, remember that bow tie, okay? Bow tie. Naomi says bow tie. That's you gotta go with key that. to my heart. Key to her heart. See, that's all, <laughs> all of that right there. All right, so you're gonna get a lot more ads on, on Twitter. It's gonna happen. And now you're gonna see a bunch of like the sales of bow ties go up. <laughs> Sale of bow. That's how you get them. That's how you do it. You can start promoting it right now. But, um, I guess my last thing in regards to the whole fashion statement, everything. Be honest. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. Who's the worst out of those three? If you had to rate them, like, who's the worst dresser of those three? Oh, my God, don't do this to me. I've got to do this to you. I've got to do this to you. Which one? <laughs> which? How do you rank them? If you had to rank three of them, how do you rank them? <laughs> I'm going to put Dwayne Wade first. As first as in, like, third place? or No, first place. Oh, first place. Oh, you okay. want me to do, I'm going to save the I'm gonna save Well, the we already class. know who is now, so it's okay. Kevin Durant second. Okay. Westbrook last because it's the only reason why I'm putting Westbrook last because it's hit or miss and it's not like little miss it's like complete miss like mm. one time he had like this Beetlejuice look kind of going on <laughs> I'm like Russ stay with me you have a nice physique you wear clothing looks very well on you so sometimes it's just like what in the world like but then other times I like it one time during last series he wore like this jumpsuit with the little top hat and I liked it it was, it was very you know cute it worked well on him okay but Sometimes it just doesn't work. So that's the reason why I'm putting it, putting him last, just because of my last. style and what I what I prefer to see men of that that build. Is that what that builds okay. exactly? All right, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going into this. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of <laughs> understanding me at that. Okay, yeah, I'm just all right. So okay, okay. So that's your list. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just thinking about it to myself, and I'm like, you know, I, I just never understood what happened to just wearing a regular suit, just coming in like Jordan wore, you know, like. Armani suits. He came in the games, and that—that's that, yeah, how it was, you know. Right. Uh, these guys, it, it's literally like a runway. They—they they do it as if it's a runway, as they should. You see how the cameras follow them? Yeah, I mean, it's, and how many on. pictures are being snapped? I would but wear honestly, suits. Just wear a suit. True. I would treat it as. I mean, that's that's like saying, telling me to wear a dress every time, like wear a mid-length dress, you know. Ah. I would I would switch it up sometimes, wear a skirt with a, a nice little crop or, you know, wear some some jeans, some high boots. Like, you know, I'll change it up. Okay. But as long as I look decent, I need to, and like, sometimes when people get out the house, it's like, dude, it's, 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 you know, his wife saying, yeah, babe, that's it. Like, <laughs> that is the look. Like That's what his wife said. Sometimes people don't have that person behind them, to be honest, like, you look like a fool. No. <laughs> So, you know, I feel like I have a good, I have a lot of people behind me who would be like, Naomi, no, that's not good for you. Okay. Try, well, try something that's, that's else. That's cool having good friends, you know? Like, you gotta, you gotta throw some of those friends with Pam Oliver here and there. Yeah, but, we um, were speaking about that. We definitely did. She, um, needs that. she needs some good friends right there. It's all about the support behind you. All that's what's gonna it. get you, you know, get you, bring you to success. Speaking of support behind you, I think this guy, this has actually a lot to do with fashion and what you said with support behind you. Dirk Davisky. Okay. His wife. I don't know if you you know you, you know he's married, right? Yeah, it's she's she's African American, right? She's African American, right? yeah. Okay, yeah. He goes into every game with a plate with aluminum foil on it. <laughs> like she makes a to-go plate. Yes. Like you're not going out eating anywhere else. Yes. He's got a plate. Feed and your he said this man. Every uh, you there's literally a YouTube reel of just different clips of him holding I need to this see plate. It. I feel it's, like I've seen I've seen photos of it, but I, I would love to see the reel of it. He is oh man, uh, Dirk, you know what? Hey. Got yourself a sister, man. That's, that's how you do it. And that's how you that's how you hold them down <laughs> that's for how real. You hold them down for real. Like, you know, like I'm telling you, that's how I feel about home cooked meals. Like, 
I love going out to eat and sometimes, but yeah. just if I if I have a long day at school, when I used to have a long day at school and I know I could just pull out some Tupperware and microwave it and it's just home <laughs> cooked. You know, the plate, it's not a pretty plate. There's nothing t- worth taking an Instagram picture of, but it just makes my soul feel so much better. You yeah, know what I mean? Soul, and, that's why it's soul food. Imagine that before a game. Oh, yeah. And that's why he comes in there with that cornbread, mm. some mashed potatoes, yes. you know. All of that, man. He got all of that together, Absolutely. man. Macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Trust me, he got the most, look, his meal, man. I, I went with, whatever's in his plate, he looks happy every time he's walking around exactly. with it. Exactly. And he makes sure it's on camera exactly. every single time. Exactly. Because she wants to make sure. Right. So, <laughs> shout out to that. <laughs> um, I just had to put that out there. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to wrap the show up. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie Easter here on Soundcast FM. Strumming my pain with his fingers. Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with his song Telling my whole life with his words Killing me softly with his song
We're back, Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Now, I was talking about the home run that was hit by Hideki Matsu yesterday. It, it was it was like a, it, it, like this. It brought back old memories if you're a Yankee fan and for probably anybody else that's been on the other side of this. But just take a listen. You got it. That's who we got him. Look at that. Wow, second deck wow. and gone in Matsui. He's got the flaps out. Let's take a look at that swing again, Jack. Oh, my gosh. You couldn't have scripted that any better. Cone <laughs> starts celebrating or lamenting it before uh, Matsui does. That was wonderful. A little pop to short as we get back to live action. What a great moment for Hideki Matsui and David Cone. <laughs> that was the uh, home run from yesterday. And it was one of those, <laughs> like I said, it was just a good moment. And Old Timers Day is always fun. So if anybody's ever never like experienced it, definitely come out for that. Or even just watch it on TV. It's a lot of fun to see a lot of old um, classic Yankees on one field together. But um, that was from yesterday. Now, I do want to wrap the show up, and I, and I do want to take a look at obviously tonight's matchup one more time. Golden State, I think, still wins this game because I just can't see the Cavaliers, especially after what's what's happened. Go into Golden State and pick up a win, after especially of pissing off everybody on the team. Right. You know it, the crowd is going to be up. Oh man, LeBron's never going to get booed. He's going to get booed heavily. It's just heavily. It's, how do you not get booed after this game? I feel like LeBron has a lot of cleaning house to do right now, like cleaning up As to do usual. with his team. So I think he needs to really set an example tonight and be. Very mature, and like he said, I think it was game three. Was No, not game three, sorry. Yeah, it was game three. When he was like, follow my lead, yeah. and the team played amazingly. Mm-hmm. It needs to be one of those moments again. He needs to be like, okay, I've gotten us in this position. I've gotten us to a point where everybody does not want to see us come out successful tonight. Mm-hmm. Doesn't believe that we could come out successful at Oracle. So... Let's go in there. Let's do this for real. Follow my lead. He needs to set the bar tonight. We need to see a amazing, outstanding performance from him and everybody else as well, and and from the bench as well. Like they need to be on another level tonight because everything is pointing against them. The Warriors have what it takes to make those adjustments without Draymond Green and and pull it together and win tonight. They have it. You know, they have what it takes. Nobody's questioning that. It's just could the Cavaliers outplay them tonight? That's yeah. what. That's what. Can they do that? I don't know. <laughs> the, ch- the odds are not in their favor. Let's say that much. But we'll have to see. We'll have to really wait and see. It's a po- everything is anything is possible at this point in the game. Anything is possible. I would love to see a nice competitive game tonight, and I would like to see both teams make those adjustments they need to make to become successful and just fight very hard for this because at the end of the day it's still a championship trophy you know everything comes down to this so they need to fight like that I mean they need to play like they're fighting for this championship trophy leave all the theatrics aside leave those hard feelings you know aside don't don't delay the game by with all this crap just play 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 the game play the game may the best man win <laughs> that's all I could say definitely agree with that it's it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a good matchup I, I honestly I'm, I'm gonna watch it for some petty reasons too I want to see how they re- respond to LeBron because LeBron's going to come out there playing hard. How's Clay going to do? You know, all that talk. Can he back up that talk if mm-hmm. it comes down to it? Yeah, exactly. I want to see that. That's to me is a big thing. We know what these guys can do on the court. I want to see how they react towards each other. Is it going to be professional? Is it going to get chippy? 
We don't know because you got a team against, you know, it's basically a backyard against the ropes right now. Right, exactly. Can, can Cleveland really crawl back here? What are we going to get out of Kevin Love? What are we going to get out of Kyrie Irving? These are exactly. the big questions. So, And like LeBron mentioned that he's been, you know, taking the higher over 13 years, showing how long he's been in the league. So play like you've been in the league for 13 mm, years. Okay. You know what I mean? Do that. You have to do that tonight. You have the title King James for a reason. Can't be King James losing these many consecutive finals. You have to, you have to show up eventually. You okay. need to see a lot more from LeBron. That's definitely fair to say. I can't argue with any of that. So uh, it should be fun tonight. Yes. Definitely look forward to that. Going to be watching that. Going to be going back and forth between that and Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. I'm a wrestling fan. I can't help it. <laughs> I've watched wrestling in so long since China days. Oh, man. See, you got to catch it. We got to get you back up on this. So <laughs> so, uh, gonna... Until next time. This is Sports Social Ed Easton from Miss Naomi Gray. She'll be back on Thursday. Yes. Yeah, she'll be back on Thursday. Stay tuned as always. Same time, same channel, Soundcast FM. Catch us next time. Ladies and gents, turn up the sound system to the sound of Carlos Santana. In the GMB, ghetto and blues from the refugee oh, camp.
Yo, Carlos, man, you making that guitar cry.